Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. Welcome back to the Sojo Show. Hello. We are continuing in our series on Back to the Basics. Back to the Basics. Here's your football. I love that quote so much. If you have heard us, (laughs) you're going to get sick of hearing this. You're going to get sick of hearing it. Here's your football. Here's your Bible. And today today we're going to be talking about a little bit about prayer. But I have a question for you beforehand because I suspect you have a very interesting answer. To this question. So I'm an interesting person. Yes, you are very you're special. (laughs) And before you ask the question, if you don't know what we're talking about with the football thing, go back and listen to the first episode in this series because that will explain it. It has this very interesting story, and of course, we're not just completely random. Yeah. Oh no, we are. It is it's a good (laughs) setup that you need to know. So you do. So at the time of recording this, it is August. So it's back to school time. Oh yeah. And a lot of people want to start praying for their kids in fresh ways during back to school. So my question to you is, are there any interesting or unique ways that you have prayed for your kids? Mm. Or just one, just one. Yeah. A unique way that you pray for your kids. Okay. Well, when my kids were little, especially, I don't do this as much for them now because they're teenagers or grown and it would be, they would, you know, shut me down pretty quick. It'd be weird. It'd be a little awkward. But when my children were little, especially when I was like doing the whole rocking to sleep bed or trying to get them to settle down for bed or even playing with them, just kind of getting, keeping them calm, I would actually just sing prayers. Hmm. Now, sometimes it was real prayers and it was scripture and, or scripture, or it was, you know, a real song, so to speak. But usually it was just whatever came out of my heart and I would just pray for them, but I would just put it to music. So most of the time they, when they were real little, of course, they didn't even know what I was saying. They just enjoyed the the sound of my Mm -hmm. voice and it calmed them. And so instead of singing songs, because sometimes I sang hymns to them, I sang other little songs, You Are My Sunshine. I had a little song for each of their names that I would repeat their name over and over again. They loved those songs and how much I loved them. And each of them had their own song. They were tunes to nursery rhyme, to nursery little songs. But I would just pray and sing. Mm-hmm. I would just, just pour out my heart to God as I was singing and over them. So I have a question. Yeah. And probably somebody else is thinking the same thing. Okay. Did you make up the tune or did you use songs that you already knew? Both. Both. Okay. For their for the for their little name songs, it was a particular tune. Each had their own tune. Like one had the tune of Twinkle Twinkle, one had the tune to ABC song, whatever it was. I mean, I can still remember them. So But for their prayers, sometimes it was tunes, but usually it was a mixture. Like I'd start singing one tune and then switch to another and it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just would make up my own music. Okay. Okay. And well, very random and very, it didn't matter. And they loved it and I loved it. And I hope that, you know, I know that God heard it as prayer. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I can totally see that being helpful in even just slowing down. Because a lot of times when I pray for someone, I'm slow to articulate what it is exactly I'm trying to say. You know, it takes me a minute 
to really think through what is it Mm -hmm. at the core level that my heart is trying to Mm -hmm. express to God. And so doing it in song Mm kind of helps. And and when you do it in song, it can be repetitive. Mm -hmm. So I could repeat, I mean, I would repeat the same things, you know, uh, you know, protect their heart, draw them to you, draw them to you, draw. Mm -hmm. And I could repeat the same the same thought. And, and honestly, it was, it was as good for my soul as for anybody. Yes. And it was just kind of a unique way to pray for them. And I don't know if any of them actually even remember that. I'm sure they don't remember the specific songs, but they do remember being sung over. Okay. So I have a follow-up question. Okay. Do you know anyone in scripture who may have put their Prayers oh. song. Am I like you, David? <laughs> She's wearing her halo over here beside me. I see it burning bright. And honestly, those that's a lot of the way you can sing is sing scripture, sing the Psalms. Right. Because they were songs. Mm-hmm. And so put them to music in your own head. It doesn't matter if you're any good at it or not. And here's the other thing. If you want to practice this, if you actually have young children and want to practice this or older children, or you do it by yourself in the car, it doesn't matter. You do not have to have a YouTube ready voice. No, you do not have to have a good voice. You do not or have to- a pulpit ready or worthy prayer prayer. No, you are literally just talking to the father. And this is just a way to talk to him. And it's a way to communicate with him. And actually in song, it's kind of interesting because what you can do, what I have done is I will pray almost like, you know, the back and forth prayers. God doesn't sing back to me. Unfortunately, that would be Mm -hmm. really cool if he did, but I can pray to him and then I can just kind of hum and just hear from him Mm -hmm. and kind of, it's almost like you I mean, it's almost like it just washes over me mm-hmm. at times where mm-hmm. I'm just, especially when I'm in despair, when I'm going through something and I just want to praise him, mm-hmm. even in my struggle and, and praise to me sometimes comes out easier in song. And then I can, you know, bring my petitions to him next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That totally anyway. makes sense. And, and you know what, I just have to throw in here at this point that we have a lot more coming on prayer in the next series. So you guys can stay tuned for a lot more on prayer. But for now, we just want to mention that prayer is one of the habits that we will be addressing in Mm -hmm. our spiritual growth accelerator, which starts next month. And it's one of those habits that we're going to stack during the month of October. And we're going to do this together. And we have a lot of tips, a lot of strategies, a lot of hands-on implementation that we're going to be doing. The spiritual growth accelerator is a habit. You got to make it a habit. Is for implementation. Yes. That's the whole point of this. And a lot of times, I mean, we know we need to pray, but then we do everything but actually pray. And the accelerator is designed for us to actually pray. So we're not going to talk a whole lot more on this episode, actually, because yeah, we well, want to do it. We well, no, do it. we have a, a guest who's going to talk yeah. for us. Okay. The guest speaker, the guest Bible teacher who's going to be teaching on prayer is going to share with us just a snippet of what she's going to share in the accelerator and take a listen to what she has to say. Despite any second guessing, I do believe in the power of prayer. And as unfathomable as it may seem, God allows our prayers to impact the world. We see the significance of prayers offered on behalf of others over and over again in the Bible. For the sake of his 
nephew Lot, Abraham prayed for the people of Sodom and Lot's family was saved from destruction. When the people of Israel were sinning and God was planning their destruction, Moses prayed for God's mercy and then the Lord relented. Daniel, he prayed for his people in Judah. Not only were Daniel and his friends saved, but they were also elevated to positions of high authority. Hezekiah prayed when the Assyrian king laid siege to Jerusalem and God waged a war on their behalf. The church, they prayed for Peter when he was in prison and God sent an angel to rescue him. And then there was Paul. Paul Paul prayed regularly for the people that he served. And we are still reaping the benefits of his heartfelt prayers. And of course, there's Jesus himself. Jesus modeled the importance of praying for others when he interceded for his disciples, for children, and for us as future believers. In fact, Jesus is still interceding for us at the right hand of God, advocating on our behalf. And so if we know God's power, we know it's infinitely greater than ours, it only makes sense to rely on it, right? So whether in public or in private, with many words or with few, with our eyes closed or with our eyes wide open, at morning or at night, we simply must talk to God and leave the results up to Him. And unlike me, and maybe even unlike you, God never fails to follow through. I think it's So important to begin in this place, knowing that God hears our prayers and answers them, maybe not in the exact way or that timing we think that he should, but in his perfect way and in his perfect timing. But really more than getting something from God, it's about being with someone. Prayer is our way to be with God. It's our way to communicate with him, to get to know him on an intimate, personal level. Fasting, which really is simply going without food in order to spend time in prayer, it is so impactful, but it is also really difficult. Fasting can give us time to pray. It teaches us self-discipline. It reminds us that we can live with a lot less, and it helps us to appreciate God's gifts. And in the Old Testament, fasting was, it was mandatory for the Jewish people once a year on the Day of Atonement. And then in the New Testament, that's when the Pharisees twisted this law and voluntarily fasted twice a week to impress the people with their holiness. But in in contrast to the Pharisees, Jesus commended acts of self-sacrifice done quietly and sincerely. He wanted people to adopt spiritual disciplines for the right reasons, not from a selfish desire for praise. So once our motives are pure for fasting, we can realize the many benefits of this spiritual practice. So Let's look at some of our spiritual forefathers who fasted and the results of their fast, um, especially when it was combined with prayer. That's when the magic really happened or the miracle really happened because of the Lord combining fasting and prayer. The first example I found was in Exodus. Scripture tells us that Moses was with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And during that time, he wrote on the tablets the words of the Ten Commandments. And when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. The people could clearly see God's presence in him. And so what would happen if we fasted and prayed and spent time alone with God? Although our face might might not completely radiate light necessarily, 
Um, our time spent in prayer and reading the Bible and meditating should have an effect on our life that people will know that we've been with God. And then later on in the book of Judges, the Israelites were fighting the Benjamites. They fasted and presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. And when the Israelites inquired of the Lord, he responded and, and they, they won the battle. And then in the book of First Kings, there was evil King Ahab. Uh, King Ahab, he tore his clothes, he put on sackcloth, and he even fasted. Because King Ahab humbled himself, the Lord revealed to Elisha that the Lord would not bring disaster upon him. So keep in mind that Ahab was more wicked than any other king of Israel. But then when he repented in deep humility, God took notice and he reduced his punishment. And the same Lord who is merciful to evil King Ahab also wants to be merciful to us. No matter how evil we've been, it's never too late to humble ourselves, to turn to God and to ask for his forgiveness. You know, y'all, too often we pray superficially. I'm guilty of it too. But serious prayer, it requires concentration. It puts us in touch with God's will and it can really change us. And without serious prayer, we just reduce God to a quick service pharmacist with painkillers for our every ailment or just a vending machine with our favorite treats. John the Baptist, his disciples fasted and went without food as a sign of warning for them to prepare for the Messiah's coming. Jesus's disciples did not need to fast because they obviously, he was the Messiah and he was with them. The same story in Matthew is also found in Mark. And we learned that fasting really had two goals, to lead people to repent of their sins and to prepare them for Christ's coming. This is our same two goals. It's an outward sign of our humility and regret for our sin. And it's an inner discipline that clears our minds and keeps our spirit alert. Fasting empties the body of our food. And just as repentance empties us of our sin. You know, if something is good for Jesus, it's good for me. And Jesus himself, he fasted. Do you need to see God move in a certain situation for you personally, for your family, for your friends, for your community, for your nation? The scripture tells us really clearly that we should fast and pray. Hey, got a question for you. Have you ever heard of habit stacking? It's good stuff, right? It so really good stuff. In our upcoming SGA, Spiritual Growth Accelerator, we're going to be learning all about habit stacking in relationship to the spiritual, spiritual disciplines. And we really want you to join us. This is a, I don't know, maybe not a once in a lifetime opportunity, but we really don't know when we're going to be doing this yeah. again. So we want you to join us and take this opportunity to really jumpstart your spiritual growth. We're going to be live. We're going to be on Zoom calls with other accelerators. We're going to have eight additional Bible teachers that are going to be joining us for this event. It's, it's really going to be cool. It's going to be very unique. And you're going to come away from this month with some very specific tools to help you in your spiritual growth. Absolutely. And lifelong friends. Absolutely. That's us. That's us. <laughs> well, and others. <laughs> so grab it at sojoacademy.com slash SGA. Are there areas in your life where you feel like you need to simplify a bit? My guess is yes. Several years ago, AJ and I identified seven areas that we felt like um, were important to simplify in order to focus on most important things in life and primarily our relationship with God. 
What we are doing is pulling that out of the vault, and we are doing Simplify Your Life Summer 2024 Edition. We invite you to join us. We are excited about it and look forward to seeing you there. Go check out sojohub.com slash simplify for more information.